Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Have you ever struggled with knowing the answer to what it is that you deeply desire, to having a really crystal clear vision for your life? And then have you ever felt the effects of to get out of bed in the morning and to not be sure what you're after or what you're creating in the world? I wonder what it would be like for you to wake up excited and to go to bed fulfilled. I'm David Gerber, and today I'm joined by Damore Barnes and Kristen Freyd. Welcome to our conversation about one of our favorite tools to help create clarity, and that is vision. On the podcast, we're going to talk about how to create a clear vision that will be a catalyst to increasing your motivation and decreasing your stress, allowing you to enjoy life in a way that we think you fully deserve. Kristen and Demore have both been coaching for over a decade. And in this episode, they share their favorite exercises to help you in creating a powerful vision for your life. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to become a coach? Are you looking to grow in your ability to coach others towards amazing results? Coaching is a booming industry, and with certifications everywhere, it's hard to know where to start or who to trust to train you to make a real difference in the lives of others. That's where the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching comes in. This isn't just an online course that you buzz through so you can call yourself a coach. At the Meta Performance Institute, you get to learn from coaches with thriving coaching practices, phenomenal track records, and some of the most successful clients in the world. The content is tailored to you, depending on where you are and your coaching abilities. We have courses for people people at every level, whether you're starting completely from scratch or you already have a six-figure coaching practice. The Meta Performance Institute can help you get to the next level and serving others powerfully. To take our free assessment and see if the Meta Performance Institute is right for you, just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp for metaperformance.institute. We'd love to work with you. Hey everyone, my name is David Gerber. I'm a partner, speaker, and coach at Novus Global, and we're here to do a podcast today on vision. And with me, I'm joined by two of our top executive coaches, Kristen Freyd and Demore Barnes, and we are going to be talking everything to do with the concept of vision. And so, as we dive right in, I just love to go straight into it. So, Kristen, I'm going to ask for you: what is you know what is vision? People often ask us this as coaches, or sometimes you'll ask somebody what is their vision? And they give you a blank stare or they're not sure what that even means. So, so Kristen, for you, what does it mean to have a vision or what, what does the sense of a vision mean to you? Yeah. And I love how you even mentioned that sometimes you get the blank stare. Cause I think people will sometimes be like, think of it as this ethereal thing that's so huge or beyond them. And we really like to simplify it and talk about it as a picture of the future that produces passion, not even just a picture of the future. Cause in theory, that could be a vision picture of the future. But for us in the coaching world, it's one that produces passion. So something that you're truly excited about that brings up energy in you and almost even has this like visceral response in your body when you think about it or when you talk about it. There's more there than it just being a thought. And so for me, when I even are creating visions for myself, it's almost like if that visceral response or some sort of emotional response isn't there, I know I haven't quite hit it yet. And I'm thinking about people listening to this I'm thinking about them wondering, maybe even then, I know at times in my life, I've sensed, I have a vision. It's certainly not getting me out of bed in the morning. It's just something to kind of go after. So what do you do with a client if you ask them their vision and it, it feels maybe it's stale or doesn't evoke a, certainly a passion like you spoke to? What do you do in that sense? Where do you go with it? 
Well, one is I'll call that out. <laughs> and okay. I'll just literally say, hey, you don't actually look like you're excited about it. Or if you are, maybe you should tell your face because that's not <laughs> showing me that there's anything there. And even you even said the word should. Those are some of the words that I'll even listen for of, well, you know, who's telling you you should do this or why is there that word even in there? Because sometimes I think there's either some judgment in there or that there may be some external forces that are playing a role versus that internal sense of, no, this is really what I'm all about and this is what I'm up to. And so sometimes even just Telling them that I notice that there's no excitement there or no passion there is a little bit of a wake up call. So sometimes that alone can work. And it's like, oh, I guess that's true. Like, I'm not super excited about this. And they'll sit and think about it for another moment. But, and actually, I know the listeners may not be able to see this, but Demore, your remember your why behind your head at the back of yeah. your office there, yeah. that's a big one is asking, well, why? Like, why does that excite you? Or why does that vision matter? And usually I'll get a surface level answer. And then I'll ask, well, why does that matter? And I'll get to at least five whys, if not seven. And by that point, I'll either get tears or laughing or something. Because most times people don't give themselves enough space to really get to that point of, well, why did I choose this? Or where did I come up with this? And why does that matter? And when I keep asking them and keep prompting them with that, and they actually get take the time or take the space to give me a response, that's usually when we just keep digging deeper and deeper to get to something that will actually get them out of bed in the morning. I love what you were saying, Kristen, about noticing, because it's still ringing in my ears. You said it a few seconds ago, and I believe that we as coaches, that we shine light, we illuminate parts of people, the individuals that we work with, parts that they are often not aware of, they're not conscious of. We help shine that light, help them double click, boldface, italicize, underline areas of their life that they're not aware of. And I believe for myself in terms of the work that I do with clients, that some of that noticing that has a profoundly positive impact. And I think, you know, I still underestimate it sometimes just, hey, as you said, Kristen, and say, I notice you don't seem that excited or I, I notice you, you've really, you've really light up, you know, at the beginning of the session, you were really kind of down and now there's this energy. What's that energy about? And having them go, oh, I didn't really notice, but then now I do. And so then now they have more tools, more, more wherewithal, more conscious agency that they can then choose to take and direct towards what they want. You know, so Chris and what you're, you know, both you and Demore are alluding to is that you're on a call with a client, you're, and maybe it's even like a conversation with your partner or family members or friends or whatever it is. And again, we as coaches kind of run in this world. So vision is very common to us and people sometimes give us blank stares. They don't realize they're not connected to it. It's, it, and I wonder if there's even like that a moment when you do notice, hey, you're not passionate about this. Sometimes there can even be a little bit of shame that comes up or, Oh gosh, yeah, that that's true. And then I love how you talked about how you navigate that with them with like from a place of, hey, no judgment here. Like, you know, I've had times in my life where I haven't had a powerful vision and it was hard because you like look at it and you go, wow, I don't have something that's pulling, pulling me forward right now. I've been reading a ton of books recently on storytelling. It's been really, really fun to do that. And I'm writing a book right now about part of my own story. And I really want to tell the story well. And one of the things these books comes back to over and over again is essentially this thread of desire obstacle transformation and this one has stuck with me really well and it really starts with this 
this idea of desire is the main character has to really deeply and passionately desire something. And so as listeners to this podcast, and even for myself as a daily check is, do I know what I desire deeply? If I could alter my life or adjust things in the near-term future or short-term future, as well as, you know, five or 10 years out, what is it I deeply desire? And that, that, that has like been resonating with me so much. And we're going to talk you know, later in the podcast about questions that, that will unearth that. Cause if you're listening and you're wondering, I don't know what I deeply desire, then we're, we're going to get to that. But what I want to plant a seed here is if you think about some of your favorite movies, a picture of the future that produces passion that pulls you along and then so, like understanding what you deeply desire. And then Demore, you were talking even before we were recording the podcast, when we were just talking about some different things, you talked about this idea of that I hadn't thought about in a while of uh, what are the stakeholders to a person's vision? So can you expound on that? Cause I, re I really like that. I want the listeners to hear that. What did you talk about when you talked about what stakeholders are involved in a person's vision? I pictured these concentric circles with a small circle in the middle and then larger circles that go out as it radiates outwards. And it's almost as though the beginning of a vision is that sense of longing that's within us. It resides within the individual. And then it's that awareness of what that longing is. And then it's fanning that into flame and creating a plan in which we're able to then begin to move in the direction of what that vision is. What is that result that we want to create or that individual wants to create within the world? There can be a way in which I think that the individual or the people that we work with, it can remain very insular or myopic, very focused on self and only self. And now if we're thinking in terms of stakeholders, and we're thinking of not only a vision, but a vision that is really exciting and thrilling and compelling and even challenging that's going to require you to change, transform and grow. If it really meets all of those metrics, it has to take into account for the sake of fulfillment, for the sake of one's joy, not only in attaining the result, but also in the journey of creating it that we're considering who else is involved? And so with the individuals that we work with, it may be their business partner. It may also be their spouse. It may be their child. It could be an investor or someone else who is an actual stakeholder in the work that they are about or trying to do or endeavoring to do within the world. It could be their organization. It could be like an organization of three people, or it could be 333,000 people. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is that it needs to incorporate others. Another picture that comes to mind, clients who work with me, they know I often have metaphors and pictures that just come to mind in, in real time. But I kind of picture it like the client or the individual who holds the vision is at the center of the wheel. And the vision is like the wheel. It's like you imagine like a bicycle tire and you have the rubber around the wheel. And in order to support the vision, you not only need the vision holder, but you need the spokes that are then going to hold the structure and give frame and strength and constitution to what that vision is. And so those spokes represent the stakeholders. It represents not only yourself, but it represents all of the individuals and parties that we mentioned. And so the more spokes that it incorporates, the more support and robust the infrastructure is in order to support that vision. But then it's also a, you know, it's more of a benefit to those who are also involved in it. And I think the, the last piece that comes to mind is when considering stakeholders, we want to check in and we want to encourage our clients to check in with their stakeholders to open a line of communication, to find out 
what would be thrilling, compelling, and exciting to them to see you create as a result within your life? Not only the things that you can put your hands on, but in terms of who you are becoming as an individual, what would thrill them? What would be compelling to them? What would have them on the edge of their seat? What would have them wanting to be shoulder to shoulder with you in the pursuit of what it is that you're trying to do? Tamora, I love that. And I even thought about it when you were talking about it of who are the stakeholders to my vision, right? As the individual or as the client, I also thought about, which I hadn't thought about before is where am I a stakeholder in somebody else's vision? Right. I wondered, like, like, I wondered, man, am I thinking about this? Am I, am I wondering? Cause it, cause it, it hopefully for all of us, if I have a vision big enough, it's going to require help from others. And then if my friends and colleagues and clients have visions that are big enough, it's going to require my help or others help as well. And as a community, how do we come together with this idea of stakeholdership and vision? And then there's one other thing that came up for me. I remember one time I was seeing our CEO, Jason coach somebody live at one of our training cohorts that where we train coaches, the person who was the client in that moment was really having a hard time coming up with her vision. And Jason said to her, what do you want for your daughter? And this woman lit up like she had struggled for 30 minutes coming up with any sort of vision for herself. And she goes, I want my daughter to have this and to have this and to have this and to have this. And the kind of the question follow up that was, well, imagine if you could want those things for yourself as well. And it was just an interesting way to get at that. I really love seeing that. So I love the idea of who are the stakeholders in your vision and who are, where are you a stakeholder for, um, for somebody else's vision? And Kristen, you were going to say something as well there, I think, to add to that. Yeah, well, and I even love what you just said, because there are people in this world that will actually do more for somebody else than they will for themselves. So sometimes their vision or a vision that incites passion is about other people. And one of the things that Damore was saying that resonated with me or that I was recently thinking of, because I just recently even posted this on social media, but it's, it's this ripple effect. So that when you have the stakeholders, it's like, what's the ripple effect of your vision and who does it impact? I know for me recently, it's just my family. And I have, you know, three small kids. And my husband and I came up with a vision for our work that we ended up getting more detailed on together. But to bring our kids into it, because they were stakeholders in, you know, behaving while I have meetings or am recording podcasts or when, you know, my husband goes out to show homes and maybe he misses dinner once in a while. Like we wanted our kids to understand why we work and what it is we do and why we do it. So we brought them into our vision of, you know, hey, when we get a certain number of contracts, you get something fun. What do you want to get? And so we came up with and we hit 50 contracts. We go to Great Wolf Lodge. When we hit 100 contracts between the two of us, we're going to go to Disney World. And not only does the ripple effect of what Nick and I work on affect our children, but they get to win with us too. And I think this is where sharing what your vision is with those stakeholders is so key because they're going to hold you accountable <laughs> because it does <laughs> impact them. It does affect them. And when you can come up with something where you both win, when they want what you want, when you want what they want, there is an accountability factor in there because the, those kids were like, Hey mom, did you get another contract? Hey dad, did you sell another house? <laughs> and obviously in a really fun, loving, innocent way, but there's truth to that too, because we created a vision for them that incites passion through our vision. So that ripple effect can be really, really powerful and really fun, even if it seems surface level or, you know, it's just like our immediate family or a huge fortune 500 company. Like the vision is really powerful. I love that idea of just how do we make sure that it reverberates throughout people in our world. 
The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global forward slash book. So more real quick, and then I want to shift into the question of what gets in the way of people having a clear vision. But what do you have to say, Demore? Even as we're talking about vision as coaches, I notice the energy, how it's elevated with us. And so that's sort of a marker that we're often looking for with the individuals that we're working with. The other thing that I just feel inspired by what we're talking about is just personally imagining a world where we all leveled up our tendency to focus more on ourselves and to instead think of others as stakeholders. We're thinking of what we're doing as affecting and impacting other people and how we can take part in what they're doing, you know, in terms of their vision and how we can invite others to do the same, not just only in our work or our home, but in our lives and in all our relationships. Love it. Love it. So let's, let's, let's shift a bit. So we talked about again about like, what is a vision? What does it mean to have a vision in different ways to poke at that? So I want to, I want to talk now about what have we seen in our work that stops people from having a clear vision or from achieving that vision? So what have you noticed in your own life? I'll start with you, Demore, and then I'll hand over to Kristen. But what have you noticed in your own life prevents you from having a clear vision? So what are the main obstacles that get in the way to that? And then secondarily, what it, it, let's say you have a clear vision. What's, what prevents you from executing on it, achieving that vision that you have for your life? Yeah, I love that question. It's one that we tend to with clients often, I think for myself, you know, perhaps not in a dissimilar way as when we're working with clients is, you know, I'm needing to, I'm needing to be more conscious and aware of what my personal frustrations are. Uh, I want to be aware of what my avoidances are. I want to be cognizant of what I'm complaining about. And I also want to be aware of what I'm tolerating. I think those four things are things that, again, not only work for our clients, but Sometimes when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I got to realize like, kind of like, well, I'm doing a lot of complaining. And the reason why <laughs> complaining is really a valuable doorway along with the others, for example, is that uh, it is a doorway really to our latent vision. I'm complaining about something because there's actually a longing for something different than what I'm currently experiencing. So when I'm able to be more aware of what is at the heart or what is the longing at the center of my complaint, then in some ways I'm able to put my hands on that metaphorical doorknob and open the door to what it is that I actually want to create. It also awakens me to my own sense of ownership and agency in the situation because oftentimes for myself, you know, if I'm telling myself when I'm planning, I'm usually choosing a position or a mindset or a stance of being powerless uh, of being disempowered, of being subject by someone else or by a situation or something I can't control. I think the other piece, which I think tends to sort of the part two of your question, David, was it's really important for me to have an awareness of also my emotions and what I'm feeling. 
I believe that in the way that we are talking about energy as being a real significant marker of someone standing within their vision or moving towards their vision or being aware of their vision, being aware of what the feelings are and the emotions are at any given point in time can also be a place or a point of curiosity to really look and to dig and to explore about how is it that I'm often getting in my own way. Kristen, how about you? What have you seen in your life, in your work, family life, kids running around, all kinds of fun stuff happening there? What have you seen that prevents yourself or others from having a clear vision and executing on it? As far as having it, and I am absolutely guilty of this, <laughs> like straight up fear, 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 okay. fear, fear, like even being afraid to say it out loud, being afraid to write it down, being afraid to get clear on it. Cause it's like that little voice in the back of my head is like, well, what if it doesn't happen? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, and that's, I've seen that with clients for sure. It's maybe even like a playing small is a way of that fear showing up too. And the coaching has really helped me with that, both coaching others and being coached myself. It's almost like I've gotten to the point where if my vision doesn't scare me a little bit, then again, I know I haven't gotten there. So that's like actually an indicator that I look for now of like, oh, okay, like pit <laughs> in my stomach when I say it out loud, that means it must be good. Or there's something in there that, again, it's that visceral response. And as far as executing on it, I think in a similar way, it's that pain of transformation. So usually there's significant growth involved in achieving this vision, or there's going to be a lot of work that is involved in achieving the vision. And I think either a fear of that work or a fear of that growth and what it might take to get there or what that experience might be like to grow through that can also keep people from achieving the vision. And I crave that at this point, but it was not always like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like I, the fruit on the other side of that growth is worth it to me. And that's part of the vision is knowing that I'll be in a different spot when I achieve it. Yeah. And to piggyback on that a little bit is when these, you know, when you have, it, it almost like starts with, I have this desire. I have this desire to be an incredible spouse or an incredible parent or start an incredible company. Or I know for me at one point, you know, 12 years ago, when I first started coaching, the desire was to be able to start my own business with this and do this full time because I was splitting time between three different jobs at the time when I was learning how to do this. And, and then immediately it's like, well, what if I fail? What if I go after this thing that I really desire? And it's like, it, it, when, and when, especially when it's something like it's close to home or it's something your heart or soul really wants, then it's almost like this terror of rejection or failure yeah. just creeps in of what if I go after the thing I really want and fall flat on my face. And before it was like a mystery of whether or not I could have it. Now I feel like I can't. So there's this fear and even we could question that and even if I did fail it the first time, I could have taken three or four different iterations, which is how most companies end up finding their way. And as a matter of fact, and feel that when you said it's like the fear they're like, oh, like, what if it doesn't work? Or what if I'm embarrassed? Or what if I put a bunch of money into starting a business or whatever that is? And then that money is gone now, right? So I open a restaurant and put a, you know, I don't know, half a million dollars into it or a million. I don't know what it takes to open a restaurant. I've never done that. But, and then all of a sudden if the business fails, man, I could lose everything or whatever it is. And as we've experienced as coaches, it is, it is uh, also our gr life's greatest work to have powerful visions, both at, a, at like a micro level, as well as more macro for ourselves in terms of how we live our lives. 
So let's dig in because uh, I'm really excited that, about this next question that we've got here. And I'm excited for both Kristen and Demore to share the questions that they ask or even exercise that they have when they're working with clients around how to unearth that vision. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I have a vision, but it's certainly not creating passion, or I don't have a vision. I don't know where to start, or I feel like it's foggy, or I had a vision at the beginning of the year, and then you know, 90 days later, I don't, or six months later, I've forgotten that vision, or you know, wherever you're coming at listening to this, really pay attention to this part because this is all about the way that that coaches who have been doing this for, you know, I know Demore's been doing this for you know over 15 years. Kristen's been coaching for over a decade. I'm just, I think, uh, lapping my 12th year of coaching. So we've got a lot of experience kind of in the ring here with, or in the arena, I should say, with coaching people towards this. And we do the work on ourselves. And that's in many ways why I wanted to do this podcast with Kristen and Demore is seeing them do the work on themselves in terms of these questions is what inspires me. And then how that extrapolates to how they work with clients. So Kristen, I'm going to go to you first in terms of what are your favorite go-to questions that unearth vision in yourself, unearth vision in your clients? Yeah, and this even teases out one of our own exercises that we do in our two-day trainings that we say is Coaching 101, and that starts with vision, like what is our vision, and then getting super sober on what's current reality, and then you have the gap in between, what's the distance in between. And so sometimes with if you're struggling to come up with what is my vision, there's an exercise that when I first became an entrepreneur and stepped into my first piece of business ownership, someone had us do where it was write down 75 things. Uh, there's two two components. So what is it that you that you want that you don't currently have? So 75 things there and 75 things that what do you currently have that you don't want? So sometimes it's easier to come up with one category than the other, but it was for me to get the, it was, what do I currently have that I don't want was the, like the current reality piece of we have debt or we don't have, we want time and we don't have it right now. So they could fit in one of two things, but just really listing those out. And of course, the first couple of things were easy to come up with. And then you're like, man, 75, how do I do this? But when <laughs> yeah, you really start it's thinking, <laughs> it is, it is. But when you really take the time and start digging in, it's like, I want confidence that I don't have right now, or I want to get mm. rid of this self-doubt that I do have. And you could really start getting deeper. And some of these things, as I was looking through the list, it's almost as you have people look through the list, what charges you up the most? What has most of that emotional response when you look at it? And I would circle those things. And it was almost like those were the first things that I attacked where th that's, this is going to create my vision for me and see what response I get. Am I going to actually do anything about it? Am I going to move forward in a way that gets me results so I can start crossing some of these things off the list? And sure enough, when I found that list again, I was crossing things off left and right because I was able to actually get it out in the open. And there were some things on there that really charged me up where it's like, I don't want this debt and let's do something about it because it mm -hmm. feels like this huge weight on my shoulders. And so it doesn't always have to be this huge dramatic thing as far as a vision to start with. It's like, what's that first little pebble that's going to create that first ripple that can get things moving for you? Man. Chris, mm -hmm. this is so good. As I think about my own life, sometimes when I think about vision, I think just this like, what's my life grand vision and the thing I'm going to have as my legacy and people are going to say at my funeral and things like that. But I, I love just the simplicity of, of just what are those things right now? Oh, I have debt and I would like to not have debt. That is a vision. 
right? Being debt-free is a vision if that's what you desire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Kristen talked about earlier, like having a vision that opens things up for your children and that they can be stakeholders in as well. And I even thought about in this process of developing this podcast was this idea that I said to one client one time way early in coaching, I said, has it ever occurred to you that it's okay for six months to have a vision of having a vision? Because sometimes people have a lot of shame that like, oh, I don't have a vision right now. Therefore, I'm kind of a loser or I should have a vision or whatever it is. Like, what if we just took the next 90 to 180 days and you just give yourself permission to not have a vision yet so that you could let your brain, instead of beating yourself up over not having a vision, you could actually start to develop one and give yourself time to do that. Um, So I I love that, Kristen, with those, the 75 thing. That's like, I was thinking, I feel like 20 would be hard, let alone 75. It's a really fun (laughs) exercise. What it brings to mind for me is, is this idea that creating a powerful vision is not for the faint of heart. I think sometimes people, it, we over glamorize it, but it, it does take sitting down until you get 75 things. And if you're up for the challenge and you're listening to this, I, I'd really challenge you to do that. Maybe do it with, with your partner or with a friend and sit down and just take a whole evening and say, we're not going anywhere until we get 75 things that we want in our life that we don't currently have or that we have that we don't currently want. That'd be a really, uh, really heavy lift in a beautiful way. What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now just go to novus.global forward slash now. So Demore, there's an exercise that you've been using with clients recently that that uh, when you told me about it, I was I was so excited for the listeners to hear it. So what is that exercise that you've been using? And talk to me really, I'd love to hear maybe a story or two about your own life or your client's life that where it's opened things up for them. So what is the exercise and, and how's it working? I love this entire conversation and I resonate with so much of what each of you have said and shared and and just that tension that often exists with with clients and individuals we work with, as well as even within ourselves, where we're caught in this tension of wanting these visions to be really, to be really grandiose and thinking that they need to be earth shattering. And then there's this also this other part of us that, that I think longs to rest into a simplicity into accessing and being able to access the things that we want and that we long for. And the exercise that I do, or I've been doing and I've been tinkering with, and it's fun to experiment and to play. I think of it as playing with my clients and the people that I work with is the, having them find it. It's usually better for them to put pen to paper, or pencil to paper, to have it be analog, yeah. but to take like three to five minutes and, you know, I'll often have some music playing in the background and they'll just write 10 things that they want to do in a thousand days, the criteria for those 10 things are that they need to be thrilling, exciting, where if you could wave a magic wand, as we might say, and it was done, it would be, as I say, you know, chef's kiss. It would be like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) heaven on earth. And what I find and have found and observed, and as it seems to be experienced for my clients is that it creates a context where it invites that sense of simplicity 
it's the confine of time which pushes you along, but then it's also the sense of, okay, well, I'm going to come up with 10 things, you know, 10 things that I want to do in a thousand days, you know, essentially three years. And at the end, what I then do is I then have them go through them and basically just say what they are. And then I'm wanting to actually then begin using my, my ability to notice their energy, their lack thereof, their body language, you know, their, the sound of their voice, the volume of their voice, the speed at which they're talking. There's all kinds of cues and clues and indicators that then give insight, not to me, primarily to the individual that I'm working with into the, I guess, the energy and the viability and the longing that they have for that thing. And sometimes what's unearthed is a lack of longing because they'll say it and they'll even just kind of tell on themselves and I'll be like, kind of like, Hey, how excited are you about that? And I'll just be like, <laughs> not really excited. It's like, it's not, that doesn't even excite me. It's just kind of more of a to-do list item. And so then it's like pivoting and then saying, okay, well, what are the three things that aren't to-do list items? What are the three things that maybe even push you on your heels a little bit, but that you would love to see created as a result within the world? and having them narrow that down. I also love what you said, Kristen, about the work that we do with vision reality gap. We want to then build the chosen, the chosen vision. We want to build it out and make it really specific, clear, and measurable. And then we want to identify what their current reality is relate, related to where they want to be. And then we do a further exploration of the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts that come up as they stand, as I say, on one side of the Grand Canyon, looking at the other side of the Grand Canyon. And so super fun exercise and, uh, you know, super, super positive response with the individuals that I've yeah. used it with. I love that. What I would say to Kristen's exercise around writing down 75 things and your exercise of top 10 in a thousand days. One thing I think about, and I th think the both of you do this really well is really a brainstorm exercise. So you're, when you're writing these things down, you're not committing to anything initially. It's just writing it down to see what comes up and even to wonder, what did I not write down because I was afraid to write it down? And then my encouragement is write that thing down. Even if you never take one baby step towards it, just feel what it feels like to write down. I'd love to have a million dollars. I'd love to have $10 million. I'd love to have a hundred. Like, just what does it feel like to write it down? For me, it was like, if you've listened to this, you may have heard me talk about like my love of safaris. And so at one point it was like, I go on one safari in the next 10 years. I go on 10 safaris in the next 10 years. <laughs> I go on 40 safaris, you know, whatever. And it's just fun to just play with it and see what is my, because I may, maybe it is, I just want one. Maybe it is, I want 10. Maybe I don't want 40. That's a lot or whatever it is. And so, so feeling that, like just that capacity to write down something that feels almost like it feels wrong to want it, right? To want to have that big of an impact or the want to make, you know, maybe make money or start a business and be effective. I want to make sure people understand that it's a brainstorming thing. It's get the juices flowing. And then if you dare talk about that with a coach or a friend and just even get it out there in the world and then see what happens with it, you know, and then you could take action towards it. Well, because we talked about, you know, unearthing a vision or coming up with a vision. And I would guess that there are people out there that are clear on their vision already. And so I had a thought about that of maybe if you feel stuck or you're maybe not making the progress as fast as you'd like to, I would be curious, something that's really helped me in the past is how are you keeping that in front of you? So mm -hmm. to give you a practical example, the company that my husband and I were with for a long time, we used to go after incentive trips. 
especially my husband, he is very incentive trip driven. <laughs> and so uh, when they would announce a new trip, we would print out pictures of wherever it was. We would create a tracker and post it like, you know, somewhere that we would see all the time. We would put pictures all over our house or put the back screen on our phone as pictures of the trip. So it was mm -hmm. in our face all of the time to keep that in front of us. Another way that you could do that is kind of how I referenced before is who have you told what your vision is? Or have you created like an end date by when? When do you want vision to happen? Who knows about it? Or are you just keeping everything to yourself? So even if you mm. test out the exercise that I said or test out the exercise that Demore says, it's like, where do you want to put that list that it doesn't just get shoved in a drawer somewhere and you never look at it again? But how are you going to keep that in front of you so that you could actually, you know, be checking in on that from time to time or on a regular cadence? I love that. Yeah. So keeping, keeping that in front of you, I, I can't say enough to like, that is so important. And so whether that's printing out, so it's something that, uh, that really keeps your mind focused on it. And it's mostly so like when things get challenging, you push through. Cause you know, you know, like when I was training for an Ironman, I did, you know, back in 2016, it was envisioning like crossing the finish line. And, and so I just, when you're out training for hours and hours and you want to quit, it's like, man, I just want to cross that finish line. And so having something like that, whether it, maybe it's the house, maybe it's a, maybe you're a person who's very generous and I, I want to write a big check to this nonprofit or, you know, envision that, or it's the trip, like, like Kristen said, the incentive trips, it's really envisioning you with your family in that place as a way to pull you through when things are hard and you're yep. making the sales calls or you're maybe it's like a workout goal. And it's like when you're lifting the weights and everything's burning, it's like, I'm doing this because I want to be able to play with my grandkids and roll around on the floor or whatever that is, like yeah. connect to that. Really quickly, I want to touch on a couple of other questions that I find really helpful and, and deep questions around vision. And then we're going to transition just straight into application and where do we take this? Um, so the couple of those questions that come up for me are, what do you need to do before you die so that you can die complete? What do you need to do before you die so you can die complete? And that's a deeper question. You want to, we might want to marinate in that one for maybe 30 or 60 minutes with a good friend and just, again, brainstorm and think about that. But not just so you can even like die happy. This is even like, a, for me, it's a deeper question of so, so that you can die complete. Like you gave everything that you feel like you were gifted with, you gave it to the world. So that's one of those questions. The other question that I, that I really, really like that I come back to a lot is, uh, what is the one thing that needs to change right now so that everything else in your life can elevate? What is the one thing in your life that needs to change right now so that everything else can elevate? And really, I want you to think about what this one is because this type of thing usually is going to require a new mindset that's done making excuses. So if you're honest, a lot of times with where our lives are right now is when I get honest, I know there's areas of my life where I'm making excuses and it has to do with my vision. And so it's one of the most convicting questions to ask myself is like, what's an area where I'm ready to start giving up my excuses in order to get the results that I desire, because I realize that the excuses right now are preventing me from the thing that I want. And I've mentioned this as well in terms of writing a book is one thing I did at the beginning of this year was I said, I'm done making excuses about writing this book. And so I made commitments around waking up earlier in the mornings in order to have time to do that, because that was where I get uninterrupted time. It's not the evenings where friends are going to invite me out for dinner, et cetera. And so I'm making a lot of progress on that. And it's very exciting to, to feel the rush of that. So, so what's the one thing that you need to change right now so that everything else in your life can elevate? And what I can say is me putting the work in the early mornings on that book has changed the fabric of the rest of my day. 
I would think that I'd be more tired. Um, and I'm act- I actually have more energy and it's kind of, it's kind of blowing my mind a bit because I'm a pretty high energy person as <laughs> some people know. And, and I, I, <laughs> I'm fairly excitable and everything, but I really thought, man, if I start getting up at four, four thirty-five in the morning to write, what's I going to do to my energy throughout the day? And it's actually gone up and it's not cause I'm drinking coffee. It's not cause I'm drinking energy drinks. I'm really excited. So when you start to tap into your vision, like stop letting excuses stop you, you'd be surprised how much energy it will produce in the rest of your life as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So last question is, you know, somebody's listening to this right now, Demore, Kristen, what do you want them to go do? Like, what do you want them to run after? And maybe it's one of these exercises we've talked about or whatever it is, but I want to think about really the application side of things because we could talk about this all day. And if we don't, you know, I could dream of being a marathoner, but if I don't go out and put some miles in, I'm probably not going to become that. So what do you, what in your heart's desire would you love for somebody listening to this to go and do within the next 24 hours? Do something. I know <laughs> something, that's okay. like <laughs> a really basic thing, but how many of us just sit on our visions or they, you know, they've been in our heads for years and we've just done nothing about it because of that fear, or because of the, you know, the work that it's going to take, or I don't know who I need to talk to or who I could get help from. And so one of the ways to do this, like break it down to the absolute smallest step that you could take and just take that first step. And we've given you a ton of options and exercises that you could use to either tease some of that out or figure out what that first step might be. Maybe it's even, you know, setting up a call with one of us if you need help figuring out what that first step is. But just do something that's going to actually move you in the direction of getting to that vision at some point. Um, yeah. And that, that's my biggest encouragement is sometimes just taking that first step is the hardest piece. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that real quick, Chris, and I actually was having a conversation recently with a really good friend of mine and, it, and he was stuck in a particular area of his life. And, and he, what he realized was, Hey, I'm stuck. Like I've exhausted the resources that I personally have to resolve this. And so what I want to do is go resource something outside of myself. And he actually went and did that. And it took about eight or nine months. So it wasn't like, Oh, I went and found another resource. I read this book or the podcast and ding, my life changed. It wasn't like that. He's like, I went and resources thing and it took eight or nine months of pretty hard work. But because of this outside resource and that person's wisdom and insight, I now have had some tremendous breakthroughs eight or nine months later. Um, and so I love that do something right. And that something might be actually be willing to get beyond yourself and resource, whether it's a coach, it could be a therapist. It could just be a mentor. It could be a book or a podcast as well, but resource something outside of yourself and do something to more parting thoughts in terms of what do you want somebody to do in the next 24 hours? I want them to do something too. I'm thinking in terms of vision and vision being something that is large and it's significant and it's thrilling and it's compelling. And I'm thinking something that people can take away and do that involves stakeholders in their lives. And I think of the 10,000 things you want to accomplish in a thousand days. And I think it's an an exercise that anyone who's listening to this can actually take away and do with one of their stakeholders. Uh, And the suggestion that I have is that each of you, whoever's listening and your stakeholder would do the exercise, would spend three to five minutes, 10 things that you want, that's thrilling, exciting, compelling, wave a magic wand would be just like, you'd be clicking your heels, chef kissing all over the earth, if you could make it happen. And then share with each other what those things are. And then also in sort of a phase two, do it again, but do it for the other person. 
Mm. separate from the other person what is the thing that would be thrilling that you would love to have that person experience or have or lay their hands on within their life and then come back together again and share what those things are and then the thought the third and final i'm just kind of making this up i'm improv and i'm in the kitchen right now the third part would be what are the ones that that overlap that potentially overlap with that individual uh, where then there's a there's an opportunity and a potential where you can then team together in 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 pursuing that that vision, yeah. making it real, and inviting each other to make particular commitments and a certain level of understanding of how you're going to go shoulder to shoulder to make those things happen. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do that myself. <laughs> 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 it's so great when being a coach is is a beautiful profession in the sense of it always almost calls us into a higher level of living ourselves as well. And our CEO Jason Jaggard has written a book called Beyond High Performance. And some of the exercises that we've talked about on this call will be in there, maybe even extrapolated further as well as many other exercises and thoughts. And it's really an invitation into crafting a powerful vision that requires other stakeholders. And as well as you being stakeholders in the vision of others. And um, what I love about this conversation, what I love about just even part of being a part of Novus Global is just that our desire is to really bring um, as many tools and resources, podcasts, as well as the Beyond High Performance book to put in people's hands so that if there's, if, if somebody's sitting there listening to this or they're sitting there at home right now or in their office and they're like, man, I sense that I want to have more of a zest for life. And, but I don't know what the first step is. I hope this podcast is helpful. And I'm so excited that we've all worked together at this and to have these resources for people to be able to execute on their vision, craft powerful visions, and to live a really complete life from end to end. So Kristen and Damore, thank you both so much for being here. It's been a delight to be a part of this conversation with you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. And thanks for caring about going beyond high performance and making a difference in the world and for living a complete life. So have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll catch you in the next episode. All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you wanna be a coach, or maybe you already are, and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew MacPal and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. 
Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.